Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode seven of Push to Shout. I'm Brutalkin Powder. I'm Skippy. And we're going to talk about some video games. So what have you been up to this week, Skippy? Well, not a whole lot. Um, I played just a little bit more of Peace Walker, but not really enough to say anything about it. I don't know. I, I need to get farther into that game. Uh, it's it's kind of hard, though. I just I, I, find it's, I find it hard to bring myself to play it not because it isn't fun but just because i'm never in the mood for it but whatever um i'll get through that eventually uh before metal gear solid 5 comes out on the pc so i'm actually kind of running out of time i mean uh, not metal gear solid 5 but the ground zeros um <clears throat> anyway that'll only be like 12 hours of your life though, i know so. but still um and then uh let's see i played more csgo i'm getting more and more addicted to it and it's really frustrating but fun um i don't know i I, I can't stop playing that damn game. I was just playing before we started doing the podcast. I, I just had to get one more game in. Um, I, it was notable this week, though, because I ran into two hackers. Um, I actually want to make a video out of the first one because it was kind of funny because he, you just saw him get angrier and angrier and get more and more obvious with the hacking. <laughs> um, but uh, And then uh, you and I actually played against a guy who was just wasn't even trying to hide that he was aimbotting and even named himself like aimbotting 20%, 20 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 20% aimbot. Yeah, MLP, whatever. Um, so, I, I guess there are people who try to do that to uh, rank up their friends, but I'm not sure it actually works because when you get banned, the matches that you played in don't count anymore for rank, I think. And I also heard from a friend who works at Valve. Not No, he doesn't. But I heard from a friend that uh, you can get banned just for like repeatedly... Uh, teaming up with rankers or queuing with them for the matchmaking. I'm not sure if that's true, though. Um, that's anecdotal, but nobody's yeah. really sure. But um, they don't undo the wins. They don't? Um, yeah, because the way the ELO system works is that if they tried to mess with the results of one, it would mess everything up because everybody's rank is defined relative to everyone else's rank. It's kind of complicated but there's that's like the reason why they don't do a lot of things like for um for people who leave they can't undo the losses because they have to undo the win too it's some weird thing to do with the elo matchmaking system yeah for that it was actually really cool uh the first hacker that we ran into once it became obvious that he was hacking well eventually he oh he got banned during the match actually like right right at the end there were like two ma- two rounds left and he got banned and um yeah during the match and uh and the rest of us actually just decided to tie on purpose so like we spent the rest of the time like knifing each other and stuff so that was actually kind of cool it was like okay cool way to go community um but today <laughs> speaking of the community today just because i was bored i decided to join some um demolition and arms race servers (laughs) holy shit the stark contrast between the people i mean granted i'm not high rank but you know high novas in the uh in in ranked matches so i guess i probably get a little better community than like people who might be silver or something but the contrast between people who play like competitive matches and the call of duty (laughs) game modes are just like it's night and day like i instantly got teamed up with two little kids uh and they were talking about why they were playing uh demolition and and both of them it turns out they shared something in common both of them got banned or suspended rather because they team killed people for being (laughs) 
quote unquote douches. Yeah, they totally uh, and, deserved it. Right? <laughs> and they were pissed because team killing is not available during demolition matches. You can't kill your teammates. Oh. They were they were really angry about that. Um, also, the people who play those game modes, uh, I'd say about eighty percent of them are complete garbage at the game so if you ever just like if you're if you're having a bad day in csgo and you want to make yourself feel better just play one of those game modes because you will wreck shit like it is ridiculous how bad people can be (laughs) i I love going uh into those casual playlists as like master guardian elite (laughs) it's just so easy yeah it's it's ridiculous um but I, I don't know. I still had fun with them. Like they're just—it's mindless fun. Like especially the arms race where you're just respawning over and over and like spawn killing people and shit like that. It's just stupid, but whatever. Um, let's see. This weekend, uh, the Arma group that we, I play in, Arma Feeling, they uh, we teamed up with Broma, who's like four chans, or I guess maybe now they're eight chan. I don't fucking know. They're that's their Arma group, and we we teamed up with them and played a weekend of invasion 44 which is like a world war ii mod for the game so that was fun but i didn't get to play very much because my game started crashing and i don't know what's wrong with it and that is like that's arma that's just what happens you have to deal with it but anyway that was fun Uh, i thought i'd mention it um and lastly i downloaded transistor but haven't played it yet but the trailer for it it won one of the awards which we'll talk about later we'll talk about the game awards later but it won the uh indie game no not the indie game i forgot which award it won but um We'll look at that later, but yeah, haven't played it yet. Heard it's really good. The That's trailers so are really good. good. Yeah, I love that game. Um, and uh, oh, I put on here. I guess this is worth mentioning because I haven't done a lot this week. But I put on here Carl Pilkington. Are you aware of him? I've heard the name. He um he is he was a producer with Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant during like oh oh the the bald guy the bald guy yeah, the bald guy the round headed bald guy he oh my god. It's so funny listening to their their podcast or whatever you call it that they did. They did like a radio show, and uh, they've made like a little HBO series where they they animate the stuff they're saying, and it's kind of funny, but like it doesn't really add anything to it. It's just something to watch while they're talking. But um, it's goddamn. He's like, I don't. I'm not gonna go through and like explain it, but it's just hilarious. His view on the world is so skewed and oh my god it's just i i love listening to them so i did some of that this week uh that's about it all right on my end i've been um i've been playing some age of empires 2 i haven't played that game until like last week but i'm trying to trying to learn it i for the very first time the guy i play with uh, you know him carlos um yeah he is good at it and plays it a lot and I have no idea how to play. So for the first few games we played, I was just getting destroyed effortlessly. And <laughs> I didn't win tonight, but for the first time I put up like a good, honest fight and he had to actually try for it. So that was that was a victory in my little book there. <laughs> um yeah, it's a fun game. I'm I'm really liking it. Then I I played Telltale's Game of Thrones and it is the sloppiest game Telltale's made <laughs> in a while. Yeah. Uh, it looks just, it's bad in, in the presentation. I mean, the story was okay. There was still a lot of contrivance, even more contrivance than is usual in tel- Telltale games, but it was still okay. But 
the presentation just like Peter Dinklage they have him being Tyrion and his head just kind of bobbles around Ugh. and weirdly there's the obvious stuff because I made a video it was kind of the, the compilation of some particularly bad parts but those were just like the obvious ones that you could clearly point to and say haha look at that the whole thing was just dodgy all over the place they had it has this like depth of field kind of shimmery painterly effect it looks really bad it looks like a photoshop filter just this really it's ugly it's ugly as shit (laughs) (laughs) i i i got worried when the trailers for that game were coming out and they were full of that kind of shit like they were picking the best parts from the game and it didn't look good like it looked really janky and stuff and i oh my god i think their engine needs outlines and for like in the description of my video i said something like telltale can't do action but then i went back and i replayed tales from the borderlands uh last night on stream actually and now that i have game of thrones in mind the production values of tales from the borderlands are so good yeah it's night and day a a thousand times better presentation wise the care and there's this great direction to it if you compare it so i think they kind of figured that if they put Game of Thrones on it, people are going to buy it. Borderlands is something that has to be redeemed. So they put in the right. effort there. Maybe has, Gearbox has something to do with it too. But It's interesting because both are, well, all of their games are licensed franchises already, are like the The Walking Dead and the and Borderlands and everything. It's not none of their own stuff. Um, so they're kind of relying on those fan bases already. But with Game of Thrones, I, I especially got the impression that, yeah, they're kind of uh, just pandering a little bit to an already existing TV yeah. show watching fan base because like why else do you need to get the original voice actors and put the faces of the people on the show because like it would make much more sense to that, just take it from the book and do your own characters it felt like fan fiction yeah it honestly did any scene where the characters from the show were in they those characters because they're really interesting characters and they're great actors who play them they just stole every scene they were in so I was any scene that like Cersei Lannister was in talking to the main character and it, it makes you feel uncomfortable like she really gets under your skin yeah. in that scene but it, it was all about her and the scenes with Marjorie Tyrell were all, all about her and any scene with you know, Ramsey Bolton coming in they were about the characters in the show like the attention was you know stolen away from whatever I was supposed to be caring about and put on the, the characters from the TV show um, I, I think part of it has to do with Borderlands typically having shit writing in an uninteresting world and Game of Thrones being the opposite. <laughs> sure, yeah, they're, they're working when, with much harder material. When Borderlands got the telltale treatment, it elevated it to something it never was. When they gave Game of Thrones the telltale treatment, it's not so good writing, way lower production values. It just isn't It isn't a favorable comparison. So... uh yeah, I'd probably skip Game of Thrones if I were you. I also have been watching some Welcome to the NHK. It's got a really cool atmosphere. I'm not too far in it, but very lonely, very mellow. It's an anime about like a shut-in. Um, it's it's pretty good. I'm liking it, but I'm a little too early to have you know solid opinions about it. And then I also on stream the other day replayed some of the Bioshock Infinite DLC. <laughs> the burial Mm. at sea where you're kind of elizabeth stealthy underground and 
oh it's worse it's worse than i remember it being <laughs> it does not hold up i just because i already played it i was going in for a repeat playthrough this time and there's so much of just standing around and waiting and like you get the the bow and then you have to look at it for like 10 seconds and talk about it and you can't move during this little cutscene that happened it's so much of that it's i resent games that waste my time and that's what the, that does and then also on that stream, I replayed Gone Home, but we can talk more about that when we get to some of the news related to the video yeah. game awards. But that's my week. So if our diary session is over, let's go on to news, and there's a lot of it this week. A whole lot. So the game awards happen. It's kind of the successor to um, to the video game awards and the VGX uh, last year, which was a pretty unmitigated disaster <laughs> and this time it's not affiliated with Viacom or Spike TV at all and it's ba- it was basically Jeff Keighley producing the whole thing with his own clout and connections and generally it worked out pretty well What that I mean for an award show it was the best we've gotten in a while uh, it's the best that there's ever been for sure as far as a video game awards show goes I think yeah it had it, it didn't feel like there was all this bullshit like they didn't get completely irrelevant celebrities like 50 cent or uh, yeah you know just imagine dragons was a little bit but they were actually good in what they did there so yeah they didn't play it's really easy to shoot on radioactive but <laughs> they're not bad people and they performed well yeah um oh Coach, man Where Coach Kondo kicked the whole thing off with a performance on a piano it was, that was, it was neat cute. yeah uh, it was weird though how like the first fifteen minutes of the show were basically a Nintendo press conference. Yeah, it it was weird, but oh god, Nintendo brought their A game. It was yeah. so good. Nintendo does really good just marketing and PR stuff. Like they're so good at just like being cute and 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 seeming like really innocent. Like they're not even in it for the money. <laughs> like they're just your friend who makes these games. Yeah. So wait. So. Mario Maker got introduced pretty f- quickly in the shows, like right as Koji Kondo was, right after he did his thing, right? Yeah, I think so. So do you want to talk about Mario Maker? I mean, there's not a lot to say. Uh, I don't know. I, it's a neat idea, um, and I'm glad they're doing it, but uh, I, I feel am like super I, excited for it. Really? I, I just yeah. feel like there's so many other easy... like. Side-scrolling games are the easiest games to make, basically. Um, not that they're easy to make in general, but they're the easiest. So there's tons of indie games that are side-scrolling games, and they're good. And so I just feel like it's adding more to an already like really heavily diluted genre. But I don't know. Oh, like switching between the engines and all, all the different like sprite palettes all in real time. That is so cool. Yeah. Because I love Super Mario World's visuals, and I'm I'm really excited. It's that's, easy that's... to make side scrollers, but I've always wanted to be able to make my own Mario levels with you know tight Mario mechanics just quickly and and mess around with it. Yeah, and I there's a barrier to entry to making just little simple levels because sometimes you don't want to like make a whole game or prototype well, or modified yeah. engine just to you know see some level play out, but really super meat boy is the only thing that does that kind of side scrolling custom levels really really well right now so i'm excited to see like a a proper triple a treatment of it and mario's you know the king 
I think I just can't relate because I'm not a Mario fan. Like, I need to go back and play the, the those games because I, I, I played them a little bit as a kid, but it was always just kind of one of those things that's just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a video game and it's good, but I just never got into it. Hmm. So the next one here is... Uh musical performances and celebrity speakers so. <laughs> yeah i put that there because uh i thought it was worth talking about all the uh just like that that they framed the entire show around actually their musical performances and celebrity speakers like a lot of the celebrities were talking and introducing the games which i thought it was kind of interesting actually that they got like the imagine dragons guy to like introduce people and stuff it was weird but it was it, it worked he did a good job so can't yeah. criticize it too much and, and uh Kiefer sutherland you want to talk about him Kiefer Sutherland was he was good. I loved his little talk at the beginning. I I thought it was like I thought it was great. It was so like down to earth in a really weird way. Like it, at the same like I want from one perspective you could say like okay he's just oh games are so cool and the technology's great and da 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 it's so cool I'm glad I'm working on it but like he really did just seem there like was he was wonder just kind of in his voice genuine yeah, wonder and and, and he, he definitely was nice. wasn't reading from a script or memorized anything he just got out there and talked which was cool. He actually seems like a nice guy. Yeah, and because he's like you know a skilled thespian, he can go out and just <laughs> speak off the cuff and be really interesting. And there were some moments where like other speakers would be like, "Can you move the teleprompter up?" And uh, yeah, little yeah. weird pauses. And he's just the consummate professional, tearing it up completely <laughs> unprepared. Looks uh, like I got some emails. Anyway, um, what was I gonna say? I think it was something about. Oh yeah, Boogie two nine and eight was there. He spoke. Who's uh, I Justine was next to him, which was oh the, you know, the big fat stupid. guy. That's Boogie. Yeah, yeah. He's okay. he's a nice guy. Have you watched? I mean, his stuff? I've seen a few of his videos. Yeah, like I don't, I don't, I've never like been subscribed to him or anything. But anyway, what pissed me off, and maybe it pissed some other people off too, and maybe I'm just misreading it, but Tim Schafer, fucking cunt, to Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland. Oh my god, I was mad as fuck. Yeah. And maybe he didn't mean Kiefer Sutherland, but right after Kiefer Sutherland gives his speech, and right after the Metal Gear Online thing, which we'll talk about in a bit, uh, Tim Schafer is like, you know, I'm glad that we can come here and talk about games, and, you know, he said something about celebrities who come up on stage and pretend to care about video games for minutes at a time, and it was so... If it wasn't aimed at Kiefer Sutherland, then he really should have been more aware of his rhetorical situation there, because yeah. it sounded like just this prick-ass, cunting comment that was... I, I was so mad. It, it didn't piss me off, because I figured... I'm, I, I'm pretty sure what probably happened is, I mean, based on all the other Game Awards shows that have ever happened in the past, where you have had celebrities that pretend to to care about video games who obviously don't uh that he didn't know he probably didn't even know that Kiefer Sutherland was going to even be there and especially didn't know that he was going to be right after him but he should have left that out but I'm sure he was already planning to say it and he's not exactly a performer or anything so he probably just didn't want to change his act or whatever you know I like know. I, I don't know I hope that's the case I really do but if it wasn't, it, he just had this smug grin on his face while, while saying it. So yeah. maybe he just didn't know or wasn't prepared and didn't understand that it was going to be right after Kiefer. But the the way it actually wound up playing out was because Kiefer Sutherland's speech was so personal and so warm and just 
it made you feel good. And then he comes up with this smug ass grin <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, these f- fucking celebrities. <laughs> yeah. I, but, but Tim Schafer doesn't strike me as that kind of dude in general. I, I just feel like it was a, a bad timed joke. I don't know. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> so we have um, before on here. Uh, before, yeah, I, I don't know. I, there's not not a lot known about that game yet, but and it's also in a genre that's kind of oh god, like already like survival open world games. How how many of those are we gonna get before it's the next zombies? Although there were like what two zombie games announced during this award show too. So, but um. I thought it was. I just thought it was kind of interesting. I was really surprised to hear them announce like Face Punch Studios. Like, they're actually a game developer now that goes to awards shows and yeah, stuff. Like, so like Gary Newman has never been someone to show up to interviews or anything. Like, I don't know if he's ever showed his face on like any kind of third party, uh, like any kind of magazine or anything like that. Like, he doesn't do interviews or anything like that. So it was just surprising hearing Face Punch Studios. Like, this is a forum that I went to like seven years ago <laughs> you know like it, i don't know it was kind of weird but uh that game looks i don't know it looks neat like I, I like the little art style a lot of people were making fun of like the really minimalist art style it has but i i, I thought it was kind of charming i like the art style far away but when it would get like close in on like the characters the kind yeah. of like faces almost that was kind of weird but I, I did like the way it was kind of almost polygonal kind of yeah very simple shading and everything but can we talk about the music of it? Because that was bad. I don't. I don't remember the music. It oh, didn't strike I had me. It, I had it turned up all the way. I was watching this full screen, and it was this like moaning woman who was like, "Oh Whoa! yeah," and there were like these weird breaks in her voice that were just. It was unpleasant. It was. I I liked that. I thought that it really because it's like it's like cavemen. It's like Neanderthals, and so like maybe that's the way that they sing. You know, like that was the impression I was getting. Like, I, it, it kind I, of put it in the tone. Like for I me. get the Neanderthal angle, but it didn't seem tribal enough. It seemed just m- more unpleasant than tribal to me. I don't know. It didn't leave a huge impression on me or anything. I just I think I thought it was fitting. I guess. Uh, oh, looks like we missed over um, King's Quest. That was a pretty big deal, getting the Sierra guys up there. Yeah, and it was really cool that they just, like, they dedicated, like, a 10-minute segment just to them and, like, honoring them as influential people in games. And I thought that was, like, really cool and neat. And I, I learned a lot, too. Like, I didn't know anything about them, really. Um, like, I'd heard of them, but I never... I, I knew about Sierra, and I, I've, I've, I've loved some Sierra games in the past, but I've just never really been knowledgeable about it or a fan you know it was a pretty cute moment and uh yeah when like the wife was you know hey let me see the trophy and they kind (laughs) of had that very kind of they were very real people yeah and they seem like really nice people and just like it's it it was really heartwarming a lot of really heartwarming stuff in this game which is really like that's not what you expect from um uh, from a game awards conference where it's so Oh, it's it's just known for being like really almost cold in how uh, everything's an advertisement and it's just everything's about the money and all that. But then like they come out with all these really heartwarming moments and stuff. I, I that was that was really enjoyable. Oh, and mean? they uh, they they had the next. They have another King's Quest on the way too, and it actually looks kind of neat. It yeah, that art style is really cool. And yeah. from what I could tell, I wasn't 
too sure and i've only watched it once but i think it's actual cell shading and not just the the make-believe um, yeah, i have no idea 3d engine i'm not positive so don't quote me on that but that takes effort so if it is actual cell shading then that's even cooler yeah do you um, want to talk about a drift <laughs> i don't know if i want to talk about a drift as much as i want to talk about the person making a drift um i was i didn't expect to see adam orth pop up uh do you remember who adam orth is i have no idea who adam orth is so before the xbox one came out there was um a lot of discussion you know about whether it was going to be always online, like how the DRM stuff was going to go, like how are used sales going to be, and is there even going to be a disk drive? Like all that stuff was kind of vague, and Xbox was being really uh, vague about all of it, not 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 communicating well enough with <laughs> what their console is going to be exactly. And um, Adam Orth was a, I don't know, a designer for Microsoft. He he obviously was kind of high up working for working with the Xbox. And uh, he started getting in these Twitter arguments with people about he didn't he never specifically mentioned Xbox, but he made a tweet somewhat that something somewhere along the lines. I should have I should have pulled him up before we started this, but he made a tweet something along the lines of like um, I always online is just how things are going to be from now on and i wish all of my devices were always online and if you don't if you don't like the idea of being always online then you must not like the idea of like a vacuum cleaner because you have to plug it into your electrical outlet (laughs) and you know your electricity goes out sometimes too so why are you complaining about your internet going out and people were responding like very very calmly responding and, and and saying things like yeah but what about people who live in like these really rural towns in the middle of nowhere and they don't have good internet or maybe they don't even have internet at all he responds to them he just goes uh why would i ever want to live in a place like that <laughs> and it's like oh, i think i remember dude. this now I just <laughs> what a tool uh he was being a total douche and i think the day after i think he was fired or you know forcefully resigned or something like that um and so i guess now he's making games um well i the game he's making is a drift and it basically just looks like the movie gravity yeah i mean i don't from what i remember from the trailer like you couldn't tell much about what it was going to be as far as a game goes what we saw was like um kind of looking for like an oxygen tank like the protagonist was running out of air and yeah. to get some new oxygen i don't know it looked cool though sure i think um there's a lot of games coming out that are like uh exploring like no gravity and stuff like that including uh um <laughs> star citizen our, our favorite but um I don't know. I think that that's something that that more games need to uh, explore is kind of just outer space and like actually actually treat it like space instead of a space station or whatever you know with gravity and air. Um, actually, like there was a first person shooter that came out where you had a you were just fighting in space and you had like a jetpack and you could just like jetpack around and fight people in a three D space. I don't think it was very successful. I don't know how fun it was. I never tried it, but I really liked the idea of it. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. So. The developers of Brothers, um, yeah. Tale of Two Sons, has a new game and a new studio that EA acquired or owns. I don't know how exactly it got founded. Was it called Hazelight before 
Um, anyway, I think, now EA okay. owns a studio called Hazelight. Uh, is the studio called Hazelight or is the game called Hazelight? It's I think it's the both, game. I thought, oh, both? Like, they had Maybe. They put Hazelight on their door in that little sequence. And they, said <laughs> that they got a new studio. Yeah, maybe, um, maybe they just work with EA and they don't necessarily have a name for them being developers. They're just making a game by EA almost, uh, which would be a really interesting direction for EA to go in. Yeah, we, we didn't see enough in that trailer to actually, you know, oh, we talk saw about because it was like this, what, 10 second teaser of just yeah. two kind of transient looking people on a train in like a boxcar. Which it was is, cool though. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. It's not like, really an idea, but whatever. <laughs> it's an interesting. The atmosphere, like, like just yeah. the atmosphere that they established seemed really interesting. And like, I instantly thought, okay, that's something I want to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought it was noteworthy that the only thing that EA showed here uh, was an indie game, like a really small indie game by the developers of Brothers, which I don't think sold, probably didn't sell all that well, but it, it was really highly reviewed. Um, I, I think it was kind of interesting that EA is like focusing on that. And, and I tweeted about this. They're focusing on that in the middle of like Ubisoft making all these annual franchises and just screwing them all up and ea comes out and says here's what we're working on and it's an indie game that like nobody knows anything about um i i I thought that was smart by them i was kind of expecting them to show more like go a little bit more for the throat but yeah if they can kind of keep keep playing the you know we're not as evil then then they're gonna be (laughs) doing a good job so far for like the last year they've been doing a pretty good job all they have to do with ubisoft being ubisoft right now all they had to do is not fuck up and they're in good shape (laughs) yeah um and and like i don't know i I, they've been holding cards very close to their chest right now because they i said it was the only thing they showed they showed a battlefield hardline with the weird musical thing going on or whatever but um they aren't showing a lot of their games at these big events. Like, remember E3, where they had like Battlefront, and they showed maybe like ten seconds total of the game, and it was mostly just like models being built and stuff. Like, they didn't actually show the game itself. They just showed the developers talking about it. And I, I feel like they're, I don't know, I don't know what their strategy them. is. There was yeah uh, for Mass Effect Four too. They didn't show any anything. It was just talking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what their strategy is there, but I feel like I don't know. They're 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 trying to uh, almost. It's almost like they're trying to minimize hype, but keep it in your mind. Like, don't forget that Hardline's still coming out, and here's an indie game that's going to come out. But like, they don't want people. They don't want to show too much for some reason. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it might be because they're not confident that their games are good. Who knows? They seem to be but, playing the long con. Yeah. Um. Also, I don't know. I. I, I yeah, know. I I invested in EA's stocks <laughs> when it was like $13. I remember oh, nice. 4chan was freaking out saying, oh, it's the end of EA. They're finally dead. Da, 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 da. And every day there were like images of the EA stock and like it all going down in a you know straight line and all that stuff. And I bought in and now it's like $44 oh, or nice. something like that. <laughs> and I, I expect it to go even higher, I think, because like... I just think they're being very smart and and they were in a really bad position and then their um what was it their CEO left I don't remember who exactly left but one of their head guys left and they've been kind of obviously they've been rebranding kind of a little bit and trying to be less evil corporation and I think it's working especially with and Ubisoft's doing a ton to help them out <laughs> um, you should but, put uh, that in your uh, bio section 
you just put a you know partial owner of electronic arts <laughs> yeah yeah very 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 tiny owner of electronic arts um all right the next thing on our list i'll, I'll let you talk about that they showed uh, more Bloodborne, and there's going to be even more Sony stuff when we get to PlayStation Experience. But they showed Bloodborne at uh, at the awards, and what they showed was really cool. I mean, the first part was, you know, just minor reveals like look at the flamethrower. There's a, there's going to be a flamethrower, and look at the transformation of the weapons. That's still going to happen, but it really picked up when it got to the uh, cemetery, and I knew, and they said that it was going to be way faster faster pace yeah but i had no idea that they were going to go that fast that was some quick lightning shit there when they were fighting that um that beast looking guy and they also showed off the transformation of the man to beast which was kind of cool but just the speed of that fight was awesome yeah it looked really really cool and um i i really liked the blood I loved the gore, and usually I'm not that like I don't care much about gore and stuff, but I just think it fits. It obviously fits the atmosphere of the game perfectly, but like it looks so much more satisfying to get. A, he gets a really big hit on him, like he charges up a some kind of attack, and when he strikes, like blood just spurts everywhere. And I think that's going to be like kind of your indicator of how much damage you're doing. And and I think that's like it looks really neat. It's so much blood. It looks great. <laughs> yeah. I forget who um, is doing the music. For Bloodborne, but the music in the trailer was really good. It, yeah. it reminded me of uh, the first. I guess it was more like Demon Souls than Dark Souls, even with um, that kind of choir. But it was way faster and way more aggressive, which is you know just like the actual pace of the game. But it was cool. I love that music. What I, did you think? Um, what did you think about the at the beginning? They're showing the dungeon and they're saying that it was like procedurally generated or something i think i think they did more of that at the playstation experience like they showed people oh, going through it i get them i get them mixed up there the day but after I, each other yeah because it's basically you know the same we can just talk about bloodborne now um it, it looks awesome it, it's almost like a really dense sense fortress um and it's there's all these traps everywhere but they're still they make sense you can see them coming if you're careful and they're all kinds of little clever shortcuts and if they can actually execute on something that's both procedurally generated and intricately designed which if that demo was an indication they they can that'll really be something that'll that's an indefinite lifespan then if if it can actually be interesting every time it's, yeah it would be like binding of isaac meets dark souls i think it's a really good idea i think it per it fits perfectly with the type of game it is uh but absolutely i i it does what doesn't fit perfectly with it is like part of the appeal of dark souls or actually i'd say my favorite thing about Dark Souls was the the design of the world, and obviously with anything that's randomly generated, it, it, the design of the world can only go so far. Um, well, from, but from what I saw, it made sense. Like it kind of happens in the. It looked like a sewer almost, or like catacombs that were catacombs, under the I would city. Call it. Yeah, and it, I kind of like that. Like this massive, it fits to me. This network of tunnels and passages that. Are kind of lost underneath I, yeah. I think it works conceptually as long as they as long as it's not like 
the focus of the game where like every new area you go to has like a significant part of it that's procedurally generated that i think that would be kind of lame but if it was like here is a small portion of our game that's procedurally generated and so you can go back to it whenever you want and and it'll be different that that would be really neat i just hope it's not like a new focus I, yeah, I don't know if they've said that or not, but I, it, it does seem really neat, and I think it's a really good idea, but just because of how that game plays, it's it's perfect. Like you said, Binding of Isaac, maybe not so Binding of Isaac because it relies so heavily on the Balance items, but, stuff, yeah. but, but the idea of just starting anew and, and having a completely different dungeon to go through is, is, is really cool. Yeah, roguelike Dark Souls. Roguelike-like. Um, yeah. So, Gone Home, the developers of Gone Home, uh, are making a new game called Tacoma. Yeah, uh, Fulbright, Fulbright Entertainment or something. Um, that game, I don't think they introduced it as being from the makers of Gone Home. They just started showing the trailer oh, for it. For sure they did. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that it was from the makers of Gone Home until after the trailer. Um, or or at the end of the trailer, I think it announces yeah, it. At the very start, it said from Fulbright, the makers have gone home. Okay, or I just something some, very close to it. Somehow, I didn't catch that until the end. Um, but I knew I'd say about ten seconds in that it was like. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's like I I didn't think gone home, but I thought, oh god, I don't want to say this because it's overgeneralization, but yeah, indie in the bad sense of the word, like tumblr indie <laughs> if that makes sense um pretentious like, I, I don't even want to call it pretentious maybe but like you know that i don't know i it starts out with a conversation between uh, whoever the main character is and someone like from control or whatever and they're talking on the radio or something like that and um and just the way they're talking just like instantly i thought okay this is like it's indie. These are low-paid voice actors, and 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 the writing seems like I hate to use this word again. I insulted someone on Twitter unintentionally by using this word, but it's fan fictiony. Like you it's not somebody on Twitter using the word fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because they were like, well, you know, I mean, not not all fan fiction's bad, and I was like, yeah, but that, but you know what I mean. Um, it's just got that feel to it, and and then and then the doors opened up. And he walk, they walk into the main section, and you think, okay, Bioshock. Obviously, this is someone has made a fan fiction Bioshock game, and it's going to take place in space. Like, and and yeah, it's the got that makers Art of Bioshock Deco are probably style. making right now are probably making a Bioshock in space anyway. But these guys jumped ahead of them, and they're making a Bioshock because <laughs> yeah, Art Deco, and it's something. It's clearly abandoned, and you're going to be exploring it in some way. And it's just like, yep, okay, good job. I don't know. I, just, I, I was so unimpressed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, of, yeah, yeah. I, Gone Home itself is very unimpressive. It's not terrible. It's just yeah, kind of boring. Definitely not worth the price of admission. That was my biggest complaint against it. For, was just the price. Yeah, like I, I think I, I, I remember enjoying it my first time through. It doesn't hold up if you do it again. It, the the strings being pulled become more obvious and you know you kind of feel railroaded if you go through the second time but but you probably don't if you don't feel that way the first time then that's what counts i don't think so because for interactive entertainment if we're going to reserve judgment about whether we call things games or not traditionally replayability is important in 
cementing its legacy or whatever it means as a game or a thing is being able to go back to it and and experience it again and get some value out of it you absolutely can't do that for gone home they'll tell you that you can explore and find all kinds of new interesting things but they're really just pretty standard character bios that are getting filled out by by notes strewn around the house and you know i think that's basically what's going to happen here Oh, definitely, definitely. It'd be nice the same if there could be some kind of plot or story within it, but it's probably going to be another, you know, piece together the the breadcrumbs and find out what happened, which, yeah. you know, is uh, in the hands of better writers, maybe that would be great, but, you know, they're Fulbright, so. There, there was some interaction with the main character and someone else, like a dialogue, so maybe it won't entirely be that. Maybe they're going to try to add some sort of like ongoing story to it that you're not just uncovering, but I, I don't know. They're definitely going to probably follow that, that, that formula because it worked. A lot of people really liked it. And, and you know, I don't want to blame the developers for the way that reviewers uh, put that game on a pedestal because it's not the developer's fault that the reviewers hold it to this, like, godlike status in games like they, it was like oh this is game of the year and sh- and it just obviously didn't deserve it right um you can't blame the developers for that but it 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 it, it definitely just it's a game that relies entirely on its writing and the writing does not seem all that great like it doesn't seem terrible but just not that not good enough to like justify it <laughs> yeah and it's what gone home took two hours if you're gonna explore oh. pretty thoroughly, and for yeah. twenty dollars, two hours is not acceptable. Um, but but I do disagree with you on the the idea that that you have to that it has to be replayable. I I, I don't know. I, I don't think I, it I, has I, to be. I think it adds if it's replayable. Sure, but and I it's just, something I, that you can say it didn't do if it's not replayable. I'm struggling to think of examples right now, but I'm sure there's plenty of games I've played where it's like, okay, I, I'm never gonna enjoy playing that game again. Oh, uh, how about uh, Jazz Punk? Have you ever played Jazz Punk? I have not. It it's not even really a game, uh, but it, it, you it's it's almost like Gone Home except in a comedy, um, and it's cheaper and there's more content probably. But um, it, it, you would never you wouldn't get at all a fun experience playing it through it again because it almost relies entirely on like surprise humor um like a character turning around and having a funny face or something like that. And so you play it again and it's it's not you're not going to get anything out of it but the first playthrough was so great that i i, I love that game like it, it was really awesome and actually you should play it. it it's it's very funny and just it's this totally silly game that doesn't try to be anything more than just a funny little experience to play through um it was a little overpriced at release i don't remember exactly what it was but it was cheaper than gone home i know that much um but yeah i, I don't know I, I i wouldn't take i wouldn't put that against gone home uh if the first playthrough is does what it's supposed to do then you know great, i guess it's because but... it was very much sold on its like you can go back and explore everything and there's so much to find that you'll never find yeah. it all at once it was kind of touted as supporting that kind of replayability in the marketing materials and reviews and they can't be blamed for reviews obviously but they can be blamed for marketing materials sure i, I just don't remember seeing any of that but i didn't seek it out either so so the developers of um Dead Island, which who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Dying Light. We've uh, seen a lot about that before. They didn't show much, but poor core zombies. Zombies are getting tired. But is it is it developer? Of, I didn't catch that it was developer yeah. of Dead Island. Yep. Okay. That 
that actually makes me a little disappointed because like as much as i want to make fun of this game and there's a lot of things to make fun of it which i wrote down two of them one is zombies which holy shit like why are you making a zombie game in for 2015 uh but also in the trailer i love it the game is like built on like it's obviously partly going to be like a parkour kind of thing like mirror's edge style um and there's a the line of dialogue in the middle of the trailer where the guy goes I'm a parkour instructor, damn it! Like, what am I doing here? And it's like, really, you're a parkour instructor? That's the explanation you give for the main character being able to... Like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to make your main character a parkour instructor. If if the rest <laughs> of the game is that campy, then yeah. that'll work. Um, it, and and it, did, it did seem like it had a little bit of an intentional campiness to it almost. Um, I hope. I hope it was intentional. Uh, it, it wasn't overly campy, but there was a little bit of that and um i but i actually like it seemed like the uh just the production value of it seemed really nice like it looked nice it it, it was presented well and, and the voice acting seemed good so it, it could actually be interesting actually the concept if you disregard the fact that it's about zombies the concept actually sounds pretty cool like the the little world that they've built it seems unique yeah um, have you seen the um the system requirements for it no it's kind of like a ground zeros looking like yeah. minimum recommended ram is four gigs or, yeah. or sorry, that's minimum recommended is eight gigs um the recommended graphics card is a gtx 780 it's really creeping up it's gonna take 40 gigs of hard drive space yeah that's gonna happen for a little bit but then consoles are gonna hold back and and you're not going to see a lot of that. Like it's gonna it's gonna hover around that probably for the next like eight years. Um. Oh well. Uh. And the big the big news. I guess this is the big, big, big news. Yeah. Metal yeah. Gear Online. That yeah. was great. It was. Uh. I, it was highlight it, of the show for me. I um yeah just because I can't think of anything else right now but yeah probably um it. Like, I don't know, it it didn't surprise me all that much, honestly. Like, yeah, that's kind of what I would expect from Metal Gear Solid Five multiplayer, and I knew that there would be some kind of multiplayer. Um, but they they did a really good job presenting it, and, like, you can tell it's going to be a lot of fun. It's just going to be fun. Like, they, they do... That, those games are known for being just fun and, and not taking themselves too seriously, and it, it, it shows so perfectly in that trailer, and uh, it looks cool. Do we, sorry, did you mention the selfie? um no okay that was so good yeah at the at the end of the trailer so you know the the end of the trailer body kind of ended with snake and ocelot facing off and it was this cool little showdown and then they ended the trailer that way and then after they show the credit cards classic kojima style yeah one ending and then another ending and then maybe a third ending yeah it's big boss with his arm around Ocelot, kind of pulling him in like he's about to give him a noogie or something. And <laughs> Ocelot's struggling. And then he Snake takes a selfie of the two of them. Yeah. And there's also a picture on the side of Snake posing with a little puppy stuffed animal. And I'm not really sure. Like, I guess Ocelot might be a uh, an enemy at some point in the game, I guess. Like, my impression has been that he would be kind of an ally the whole time, but... I think it's just a goofy Metal Gear Online maybe, thing. Maybe, yeah. Sparring, skirmishing, or something. Probably. Uh, I don't know. There, there's no way to predict, but... Uh, my but as, far as, part... the, as far as the story goes, sorry, before we, while we're yeah, still on Ocelot, um, 
yeah, it would be kind of weird if Ocelot wasn't doing some kind of subversive stuff because that's basically is what his character is. That's how kind of strange if he ended, was. And yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he's probably in Peace Walker, but I haven't gotten there yet. But yeah, um, but um, I, my favorite part was the puppy. I, yeah. I, I thought that was the perfect. little hearts. And, uh, <laughs> oh, I made it. It's I, can, I, I, that's Metal Gear. I love right that there. that's going to be like a multiplayer item that you put down on the ground and like someone just gets <laughs> stuck. I wonder how it's going to work. Like if they get near it accidentally or if they look probably, at it too closely. It's probably I, if they look at it. It's probably like if you're facing towards it and you're near it. I don't know. Who knows? Like you Because um, you can't exactly like trick a human being into staring at a puppy <laughs> for, for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, but it looks really cool. I'm excited for that. Especially yep. on PC, like because multiplayer communities really thrive on PC. Yeah, now that it's going to get a proper Metal Gear Online on PC is going to be great. It's funny because in in my head I was thinking like, oh man, I'm never going to be able to like play this with people because it's going to be on the PlayStation. I'd never play with people like. And then I was like, wait a minute, it's going to come out on PC, so <laughs> nothing to worry about. Yeah, I'm 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 pumped for that. The Phantom Pain. It looks. You know that I'm so hyped for that. I don't think I, I could get any more hyped for that. I, I can't imagine that that's not going to be my. I, I hate to do it. I hate to get hyped over games in this era, but I can't imagine that that's not going to be my game of the year. Like it feels like this is his magnum out. opus that he's going to knock out of the park. Everything we've seen looks promising. It does. God. All right. I <laughs> I want to try to like subdue my 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 hype but it's nice it's it's nice to be excited for a game in this in this day and age yeah and even like i'm pretty excited for bloodborne too but there's some stuff it's not like i can look at it unambiguously unambiguously and say yeah all of that looks great like the frame rate looks a little dodgy in some parts you know so this doesn't look quite right maybe it's completely not true for phantom pain everything looks great smooth presented beautifully all of, of course, it works great that's exactly what kojima would do is like get the most powerful possible computer to make it look perfect before like showing anything well, but the fox engine because i've played ground zeros on ps4 yeah not a dip in frame rate at all it runs 1080p 60 frames per second all kinds of shit going on yeah and that's not very powerful it's a hardware. super good engine that must have taken a lot of effort to to develop and create um i actually we we just called Metal Gear Online the biggest moment of the show, but for us for sure. But I would say for most people, the biggest moment was at the end. They uh, they re- they revealed uh, the Zelda game. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I'd yep. still say I liked the Metal Gear Online reveal more, but that was really cool. Yeah, it's and this... it was totally Nintendo the way that they did it. Oh God, when oh, when um the director of the Zelda series and Miyamoto were talking to each other and they were trying to like <laughs> one up the other one and it's like well <laughs> well ours is going to come out a little earlier. Yeah, that's true, but the remake of Majora's Mask is going to come out before that, you know. <laughs> and they had like this weird. It wasn't mean. It was clearly playful, but this little weird passive aggressive moment that was just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and just the way that like. They announced it with so little fanfare, too. It was just like, here's us playing our new game, and then it's like, holy shit, that's Zelda, and they're showing this really cool shit. And, like, it, it was almost like you were afraid to get excited because it didn't seem like it should be a big deal, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, looked it looked pretty really good. Yeah, it looked great. Kind of sparse looking, but 
they always show Zeldas in really early states that yeah like the god the beta for Ocarina of Time that they showed a long time ago looked terrible yeah yeah they, they actually do improve considerably over development and I think I think it could be that their art style is a little bit uh, maybe they're kind of almost going a little Wind Waker with it, like not not all the way, obviously, but like they're going to keep it a little sparse looking on purpose. I think that'd be okay. I loved seeing the uh, Shadow of the Colossus horse mechanics. Yeah, that was cool. Where you don't actually just you know go right to go right, you kind of guide your horse that way because an actual animal wouldn't just charge into shit randomly. It wouldn't bump its head into a tree for no reason. So even if you told it to. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people complain about those kinds of like um, Red Dead had that kind of thing, and uh, Red Dead was it was a little bit more controllable than Shadow of the Colossus, but uh, a lot of people complain about that so being clunky and stuff. But me. I I love it. I I think that's great. Like I, I the moments in Shadow of the Colossus where the horse would like start running in a direction I didn't want it to, I wouldn't get frustrated. Or I would get a little frustrated, but I'd mostly just be like, actually, this is kind of neat. I don't know. Yeah, it felt it feels good, and it definitely adds a little bit of. It breaks the monotony of just traveling from place to place. Yeah. Like if you're kind of, if you're managing an animal instead of just pressing forward until you get to your destination, then it's not just mindless traversal. Yeah. Um, God, is there anything else that we forgot about from well, the, the game? Actual besides... awards. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. I need to pull up the list. Um, Does it even matter? I mean, they were kind of. I just want to the way they played real quick the and see if... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we will. Also, but, the I Game mean, of the Year award does matter. Holy shit. It does. But the way they kind of played the awards during the show, they were like the sideshow almost. <laughs> they always kind of have been, too. Well, like, I remember last year, they didn't have much exclusive stuff to show. Or at least it was weird stuff. Like, there would be a couple trailers, but nothing big. This was, like, the a nice balance, I thought, of some really cool reveals. And some... A lot of people were complaining about the amount of trailers and ads and all that stuff. But, I, I mean, first of all, it's what I expect. Because how else are they going to fucking pay for the fucking thing? But also, just, like... I, I enjoyed it. I, I was watching it. The, all the trailers that they showed were new trailers. And yep. a lot of them, most of them, were really well-made trailers. Like, I was actually enjoying even just, like, generic trailers for games that have been out for ages. Like, EVE Online has a really... I'd already seen that trailer, but... um. I, I really liked that trailer where they the, they have, like... It's cheesy, but they have the uh, people in-game talking to each other over the, the trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cheesy, and we've made fun of that kind of thing in the past. But in this case, it's actual people actually playing the game. So, I don't know. It, it seemed less stupid. Um, but uh, trailers like that, I really I really enjoyed it. And, and I don't know. I, I had zero complaints about the amount of time they spent on trailers versus awards and all that. And I, and, and of course you also had those, those moments where they were focusing like on the, on the Sierra story and stuff like that, which was really nice. And they spent a lot of time on it and I, I was, I was satisfied. Yeah, it was definitely the best. It's the best video game award show you could have hoped for. Pretty much. I, I, I if, if, if they were to deliver the same quality next year, I'd, I'd be satisfied still. Like I, I, I don't think it was a bad at all. And you know what? They weren't ads for Doritos. They weren't ads <laughs> yeah. for Mountain Dew, Booster Game, Double XP. They were trailers. They were new trailers. And they were. that's why people watch anyway. So more of that is great. And 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 for the most part, they stayed away from really dumb gamer culture bullshit, mm-hmm. like talking about nerds, 
the only thing they really had they had the um the dj playing with like game boy sound bites or whatever that was kind of stupid but that was a really small thing like they just used it for transitions and then uh and then they had that really dumb video game music thing where the the guy was playing with the lasers whatever you know but it didn't it's not like that was awful or anything so whatever it was it was mercifully short so yeah yeah um, not as short as Battlefield Hardline's music segment, which I saw a lot of people oh, complaining about. I didn't even know what that was about. <laughs> it, um, it didn't fit. It, I I thought it fit, I guess, because like they're going for like that generic crime you know, drama. Generic tone yeah, exactly. They are. They're going generic, for a generic, generic tone. tone. They actually are. Um, but I don't know if that's a good thing that they're going for that tone. But no. it did fit. <laughs> um, whatever. I, yeah um do we have the uh awards i have the list up here i guess should we start with the big one yeah hold on we should uh carefully unwrap each one because they're taped <laughs> up really tight as they remind you everybody had trouble opening the yeah. little award envelopes every single person commented wow this is really hard to open <laughs> anyway um, all right, we'll start with the big one. Uh, the game of the year nominees. We're not going to go through each one because there's actually there were actually a lot more than I remember. Maybe they they might have given out more than they did on the show. But anyway, uh, the game of the year nominees were Bayonetta two, Dark Souls two, um, Hearthstone, Dragon Age Inquisition, <laughs> and Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. Which Weak. wow, um, I want none of those things to win. Um, <laughs> I've heard really good things about Bayonetta 2, but I don't care about it at all. I've heard fantastic things about it. I haven't played it, though. I, I would be satisfied if Bayonetta 2 won just because I haven't heard anything bad about that game. Yeah. But all the other games I've either played and thought were mediocre or haven't played and thought they look not good, like Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, Dark Souls 2, Hearthstone, and Middle-Earth, all of those I've played, and and my my if I were to sum each one of those games up in one word it would be mediocre <laughs> it was not a good not a good year there was more hype going on this year than than actual release yeah um and then and then of course the winner was dragon age inquisition <laughs> and i don't want to shit on it too much because i haven't uh, played it me haven't neither played it haven't played it but that said i've seen so much bad shit like just this abysmal writing um that's based worse than fan fiction in a lot of ways if you want to ride the bull <laughs> that's, that's not going to die anytime soon but i i've been burned i actually am kind of interested in dragon age like i played the first one really liked it the second one sucked bad and yeah. I'm, i kind of want to play the new one but there is no way in hell after getting burned by them that I'm going to give them money without trying it first. Yeah. And thanks to Denuvo, that's not going to happen. So, um, well, actually, did we talk about this before? But Denuvo has been cracked. Yeah. Th- that might be another news item. Let's just say it now because it has to do with Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, 3DM did finally crack Denuvo. So, Denuvo as a DRM system is now entirely dead. It's gonna be like <laughs> just, a, just like just, that. They got like a month of limiting piracy, which you know is probably better than what they even hoped for. But it's already over. It's cracked. 
the end. And now they're going to change their name to something else and create another system and that will be cracked in a month like <laughs> they have with their last two systems. So yeah, so eventually I'll be trying it and if it's good I'll buy it, but not looking promising and you know, all of the games were sequels except for uh, Middle Earth Shadow Mordor which was you know an Arkham, Arkham Asylum clone well yeah okay Hearthstone <laughs> who, who fucking cares yeah I, I agree I, I know a lot of people really like it I tried it and I thought I can see why people like this but it is not my kind of game yeah um yeah all of those uh, someone someone questioned I, I I mentioned on Twitter that three out of five were, were sequels and someone questioned why that was a bad thing and it's just it you want to see thing. it is a bad thing you want to see it's it's not that a sequel can't win game of the year like a really good sequel they, there's plenty of really good sequels that, that i think would be plenty deserving of it and and are very different from their first game um but in in this case especially it's like it's it's indicative of the state we're in right now which is just like these annual series and if they're not annual series they're just unoriginal completely it's just like here's the same thing again which I sometimes i think i'm losing I, you here am i am i cutting out a little bit would you say annual series yeah a lot you're, you're getting a lot of annual series and you're getting a lot of just sequels that aren't necessarily annualized but they're half-assed well and, and by half-assed i don't mean that they're bad games i just mean like the developers have used the same engine to make the same game which I, I'm not saying that's always bad. I, I, I'm looking forward to playing Far Cry 4. I've heard great things about it, but it doesn't deserve game of the year. Like it, it's it's just the same thing again. Absolutely not. Um, and in the case of Dark Souls 2, I'd say it's it's a worse sequel than the one before it, and so it definitely shouldn't be nominated. Um, and and it it just oh God. Well, I don't I don't know about that because as as contemptible as some of the stuff in dark souls 2 like the last minute downgrade that fucked over a lot of people you know a lot of it is bad and it's definitely a weaker game than dark souls but you know compared to everything else that came out it oh, definitely yeah. deserves the nomination you're right maybe maybe you're right but but, but that's, know, even but that's then, what i'm saying it's, i think it's not that it shouldn't have been nominated but the fact that it's nominated is indicative of, yeah, of a really yeah. bad year in games it tells you something <laughs> And none but, of them are indie games, which like usually I don't give a shit. Like, okay, yeah, indie games they're they're great, but they shouldn't be held to a higher standard. Or Transistor could have stood rather. up there with the. It, yeah. It should have knocked out Dark Souls too. That's clear to me, at least. I liked it enough that it it deserved to be there. Yeah. It didn't even win best indie. What won best indie? Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight. I don't Shovel know Knight's good. About it. Shovel Knight's good, but it's. It's just like a retro throwback. It's as retro, retro indie style as it could possibly be. Yeah. It's the final destination of that form, and but the, it's the indie not game, that interesting. Maybe part of the reason they didn't put indie games in Game of the Year is because they had a category of their own. But I think that that would be unfair. Um, but the indie games, like I'd say, all of them at least I'm interested in playing. I, I haven't played any of them. But you had Broken Age, Monument Valley, Shovel Knight, Transistor, and The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, and I've heard good things about all those, and they looked all interesting and different. Um, but damn, compared to Game of the Year, holy shit! Yeah. Um, let's see. We had let's see. Uh, Valiant Hearts won Best Narrative. I don't know anything about that. Uh, it was up against like 
South Park actually was was on there, which sure. Uh, Walking Dead <laughs> season two, which I haven't heard great no, things about. No, no. The Wolf of Mungus, which I've heard much better things about, and Wolfenstein, which I I haven't heard good things about its story, just that it's fun. I don't know. Um, you know, the funniest award to me was um, Destiny winning best online experience. Yeah. No way. No way. It's bad. It's not. It's not even. I don't know. It it doesn't give you public voice communication, which it needs desperately to be a good online experience. It's not a good online game. I'm and, shocked and, that it won. And like up next to, and we don't even like Dota Two, but I would say Dota Two would probably deserve a pretty good best online experience. I guess it didn't come award. out this year, though. Did, well, I think it came out, but it's been around for much longer because they had like. It was a very, very open beta, I think, and I think it came yeah. out this year, but whatever. Maybe that's why I wasn't. I don't know. But yeah, esports don't get enough attention, I think. Um, not that not that I love esports what in general. What do you mean? Hearthstone is totally an yeah, esport, true. man. <laughs> um, I thought it was really interesting. Trey Parker won the voice actor for oh, best of performance. He was so funny. I, his, I, I thought that was great. Quip. His the, quip was great, and, and, and the fact that he won is pretty great, too. He said... Only in video games can I beat Kevin Spacey in acting. <laughs> that was perfect. He yeah. is so funny. And he's, you can tell that just with the, he's won a, several Tony Awards, several Emmy Awards. Yeah. I think he's won an Oscar too. So he's got all of this shit <laughs> under his belt. He is the big man on campus when he's in a, the, the the game awards so he's this media titan walks up there gets his award says two words walks out it's funny because i think he was like i think he's i would call him a bigger star than even uh Kiefer sutherland oh for sure i didn't even know he was there he just they're just they they say trey parker and i'm like oh interesting and then they pan to the audience and it's like there he is and i was like what he showed yeah. up yeah total biscuit couldn't show up but uh trey parker could <laughs> well i think total biscuit couldn't show up because of the cancer or something because that's what he talked oh, about was it the medical his... treatment okay i okay. don't know i don't know maybe um, if it was then I that's what he talked that. about yeah but yeah you're, you're a terrible several... heartless bastard yeah i'm i'm an evil satanist and there were a few other people that didn't show up though that you know were nowhere near as high profile yeah, yeah, as, definitely. as trey parker like all of um the the bungee i think uh well I don't know if I don't know. Uh, Bungie Marty... showed up in force. Bungie had did they? like twenty people there. They Who said. am I thinking of? Um... Marty O'Donnell went up on his own because he's not with the company anymore, really. But oh, I'm thinking of Hearthstone. None of none of uh, none of Blizzard showed up except for one guy <laughs> that they sent out. Um, and 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 it was like they didn't know he was there until after they gave out the award, and then they had him show <laughs> up like later. <laughs> um, I liked how they had a best remaster category, which Grand Theft Auto Five won, which is. Sure. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was funny that they had that category. And there so I are think enough that was, of them now that it kind of needs to be a category. Yeah, I think that was one of those that wasn't announced during the show because um, I'm just looking at a list right, here. Right. Uh, let's Games see, had, for change. Games for change. What the change. fuck was that about? I, I didn't catch what that was about. Did they even explain uh, it? Yeah. Basically, it's um, anything. That, it's basically the Social Justice Award. I forget the oh official description, but it's basically affecting positive change. And uh, Valiant Hearts won, which I haven't played it, but it looks kind of good. Seems to have some cool stuff to say about war. But um, like The Last of Us Left Behind got nominated, 
I, what the fuck? Yeah. It, the only conceivable reason it was nominated is because there's a lesbian kiss in it. It was a poorly executed thing. It it's the most superficial way to develop that character. It felt very tacked on. I'm surprised. If it's going to be a games for change category, it should be stuff that handles these serious things well. That you know, you're nominating them for a war for an award for being socially positive. Yeah. If it does it poorly, it doesn't deserve to be there. Trying isn't enough. You don't get an A for effort. Or 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 not trying really just putting it in there to say that you put it in there which in some cases it seems like that's what they're doing um just like not trying at all just saying here we have a lesbian character which i think that's what bioware does which oh, i've for heard sure, for I, sure. I, I i i knew before dragon age came out that obviously it's going to be full of this kind of stuff but like apparently there's like a transgender character and all that stuff and it's like they just put it in there because they know that people really like it when they put that shit in their games. Like that's the only reason they're doing it. They're not doing it because it makes them an interesting character. They, Mm -hmm. but people are going to call it them an an, an interesting character. Nonetheless, just because, Hey, it's a lesbian or Hey, it's transgender character bio has interesting facts. Like, wow, look at this Um, character's astrological sign. Doesn't that make them interesting? Yeah. That, that drives me crazy because I I don't want to get too into it, but the whole, the whole idea of awarding someone for being progressive like that, I feel like is counterproductive because part of being progressive is not acknowledging that it, that's something unusual, you know, and, and, and by giving an award for it, you're saying that is unusual. So, so like, yeah, I, I, I don't like it. Um, but uh, a, a game, I just realized that a game that I didn't see on here, which I, I haven't played, but I feel like definitely, definitely should have had something. Um, or been nominated at least uh this war of mine oh it was what was it um it was definitely nominated for games for change i was just looking oh, at okay. it okay yeah that makes uh, sense was it in best indie game i don't think it no, was no it wasn't but... it wasn't in best indie game um but that that's a shame that it was only <laughs> nominated for social justice award but it might, it might be some other stuff because it only lets you look at the nominations one category at a time which is kind of annoying yeah. but it was cool seeing uh threes was dominated for <laughs> dominated nominated for mobile game uh which that was good 20, 2048 i think is 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 its more popular knockoff and so it's kind of cool to see threes given some given some love yeah that, it's also good. it's getting like it's getting a it's getting a console port for some reason which i don't know why but <laughs> it's got a good uh, presentation it's it all there was care put into it there's yeah. an original song that's really good that plays in the back it's good they put there's no care put into, into 2048 <laughs> <laughs> um developer of the year nintendo one um ubisoft montreal was nominated for De- developer of the year what a joke well, well, i guess on, because i guess did they, do far cry, did they do far cry 4 or did they do i don't know i feel we like they probably... were the assassin's creed ones weren't they i don't know what did they make was it ubisoft so confusing i don't know if it was unity they definitely didn't fuck that. It. holy shit they, they deserve a they, they deserve the opposite of that let's um, see i'm looking at the list here okay they made they made unity and watchdogs and far cry 4 okay and sure so i guess they had like sub developers four four out of five i mean three out of four of those games worked so good for them i guess Uh, (laughs) it's still weird that you see ubisoft on there for developer of the year even if it is just a nomination um best soundtrack destiny one which 
it sh- it was really good, but Transistor should have won hands right. down. I, I, no that's contest. I assumed because I remember Bastion. It's the same developers, and Bastion had a fantastic soundtrack. I like Transistor's soundtrack w- way more, and I yeah. loved Bastion's soundtrack to death. And he really that that's his A game yeah. for, the, for the Transistor soundtrack. I'm I'm glad Destiny won um, because Marty O'Donnell is like my favorite uh composer for video games like uh, he, he did all the halo He's uh, a God. soundtracks which halo has an amazing soundtrack if you just listen to it like holy shit it's so perfect um uh, so I'm, I'm glad that he he just deserves awards period <laughs> so good for them um games for change let's see most anticipated game that's a Why, weird award well it is really weird what's weirder is that the phantom pain isn't even on there that is weird um huh they did have esports yeah. player of the year yeah, that that was cool that they had that. A Call of Duty guy won, which is which is of, awful, awful, yeah. just awful. Let's be honest. There's no, had, no way around it. That's awful. The other nominees were Get Right from CS:GO, who I actually follow a little bit, and then the rest were Hearthstone, League of Legends, and Dota Two. So those are all, except for maybe Hearthstone, they're all respectable esports. I, I would have liked to see a. Um, I I I don't follow this very often, but I I sometimes I tune in and watch a. Um, a uh, starcraft 2 match those mm. those guys are really impressive and and it's really fun to watch those um but that didn't get on the list so whatever total biscuit one trending gamer <laughs> the worst the worst award yep. why is that an award what it's, does it even mean it's basically youtube people there's a let's player another let's well jeff player. gersman was on there and he's not yeah, a youtuber it's, it's, well it's jeff gersman total biscuit and then three let's players yeah, yeah. PewDiePie, some guy named Vanos, and Stampy Longhead. Well, good, good for them. Oh, and they didn't spell it on on this list. It's spelled trending, but in the in the broadcast, it was spelled T R N D N G, trending. <laughs> so, wow. Um, Ninjas in pajamas do their CS:GO team did win esports team of the year, which yeah. they definitely deserved for yeah. showing yeah. in. Um, was it Cologne? I think it was Cologne. Yeah, Cologne. They are very consistently good. Um, I this is cool. I don't think this was on the broadcast either. But best fan creation, uh, which I think that's a neat idea for an award. And uh, it, Twitch plays Pokemon by Anonymous one, which yeah, I guess so. Like that's <laughs> yeah. But the rest of the category, like Luigi Death Stare, that's literally a meme. They nominated a meme yeah. for an award. And if that's a if that's created, then that's created by Nintendo. If anyone so whatever um i don't know yeah the, the nominations aren't good but the idea is so e for effort uh so is that everything i think Maybe. that's i think that's about it for game awards unless you can think of any passing remarks uh troy yeah, baker i don't know really, I, did, did he win something i don't think he won anything i think they just interviewed him a lot because he's in everything now yeah <laughs> Okay, so yeah, that was the Game Awards. Do we want to talk about the PlayStation Experience? I do want to talk about PlayStation Experience. Um, I'll start out by saying the PlayStation Experience was far more uh, what you would expect from a video game thing. Uh, it was. I don't know. I, I I don't know if I can point exactly to why I feel this way about it, but it just felt way more. It felt like E three, I guess, because it was just like the people that they had up on stage were just like, yep. Yeah, these are video game developers and park marketing people. And this is what I have come to expect. Not, not again, what bad, but it was just much more generic 
Um, yeah, I, I haven't actually seen it, so I'm just agreeing with you for no reason. <laughs> uh, you should see it. There's there is some interesting, or not see it, but you should you should look through and and, and look at some of the trailers and stuff. I missed perhaps the biggest news, uh, no, not news, but the biggest reveal, which was Uncharted Four gameplay, because I don't I, I've never I played Uncharted, that. so I I saw like I didn't see the show, but I saw some some clips yeah and um that looked really cool i haven't played yeah. any uncharted except the first one for ps3 and i remember it being kind of cool parkour stuff but it was kind of linear this looks not like that it looks hmm. like you can go in a lot of different ways which i think it really needed and that may be a solved problem already because i heard that the second one was amazing and i haven't played that so um but yeah, it looks good, and I'm definitely looking forward to something to make, you know, this $399 paperweight worthwhile. <laughs> I've actually, I've heard pretty good things about Uncharted, and um, I've been thinking about trying to get my hands on those games and play through them, uh, because it's basically an action movie in video game form without, like, it's very linear and all that stuff, which I think that's fine, if as long as that's what I've come to expect, which, like, I really enjoyed Modern Warfare 1 and 2's single-player oh uh, yeah like i do like the linear kind of indiana jones movie structure i yeah. just mean like level design the way yeah yeah i know what you mean i'm just saying like on the on the surface it seems like the kind of game i wouldn't enjoy but then i feel like if i just go in it with the right attitude that i, I would actually probably really love it because I, I i like i said i really liked call of duty single player and, and it seems like basically that except in a third person like it's an action movie that you're playing um which is cool fine um i i, I don't know i want to play those um and um Let's see. Street Fighter Five was shown. Big deal um, to a lot of people. Big deal to a lot of people. Apparently, and I wouldn't know this, but apparently, it looks almost exactly like Street Fighter Four, and a lot of people are really disappointed in that. I've heard, yeah, I've heard um, from a couple of people that that's it looks not that much good, better. That not that yeah. much good. Well, I can't <laughs> myself. anyway, but I did like the little trail effects on the. The ends of their fists when they kind of swirl I mean, around. Yeah, that, that looked really cool. But the big deal, well, two big deals. PS4 exclusivity on consoles. It's going to be on PC too, but not on Xbox One. Yeah. And then cross-platform play. Yeah. Which is a big That's, deal. That got like a big, big react, reaction from the audience, and there was like a little chat that I was, I was in, and it, it just blew up because, like, on the one hand, like. It, <laughs> For a fighting I, game like that, the competitive community is super important, and yeah. to not split that community is a massive deal. And and I feel like it's opening the gates for more games in the future to finally start doing that. Which like they've always teased with it a little bit, like I, I kind of like there's been rumors and stuff of multiplayer games implementing it, but then it never fucking happens, or it doesn't happen in a way that works. And if they pull it off, then I feel like that could actually be something that we consistently see in the future, because really. Fundamentally, there's no reason for it not to be, to happen. Like it, mm. it's possible. It's just that developers don't want to do it. PS4 exclusivity really helps it because they don't have to worry about getting PlayStation Network and Xbox Live to play nice with right, each other. Yeah. It's just a, a system that they can build for PC and a system that they can build for PS4, which they already have. So it's just a matter of getting a PC version of PSN working, which yeah. you know they can they can do. It's not a matter of getting companies to agree with each other, which could take ages. Um, yeah, I I think it's really good that they're doing that, and and um, and just in general, and I'll, I'll probably talk about this a little more as we go. Sony, they're doing the right stuff right now as far oh. as video games. Like they are just 
they are just on it for the last for the last I don't know since the, since they announced the PS4, Sony has just been on top of their game. Like I, they they know what they're doing. It's I, like the second coming of the PS2. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're I think the PS4 is going to. Uh, I, I think it's by like right now. We'll have to wait till the sales are released at the end of the holidays for for like if if those Xbox ones like really sold well and with the deal that they were offering which was like what $350 or something i mean it could be that Xbox gets a little bit ahead or not ahead but like less behind <laughs> uh but i i think in the long run PS4 is going to take this away um from Xbox yeah. uh, it's not going to be we huge but that's cuz no, that no, casual no. market's already been tapped as far as what you yeah, can definitely. do now they're they're doing just what they need to and the, the, you know the wii u could have could have tapped that market if they just fucking named it right i i, I swear like it's, that's all that's they needed terrible to do decision you um, their their best audience was the casual market and in, by calling it wii u if grandma goes to the store she's not going to know it's a different thing yeah. and so you've lost a sale and i that still times thousands i still hear people to this day in real life I think one of my coworkers was talking about it lately. They were like, "So what's this Wii U exactly?" And I, I had to explain to them it is a whole new console, not a new controller. And it's like, it's been out for two years, and people still don't know. It, that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's that, such an obvious way to fix. Well, it, it'd be hard to fix it thing. now. You can't yeah. fix it now. It's no, no you way. Can't. People, I've heard some people like suggest renaming it. At this point, you just can't do that. But no. it could have been avoided. It looked like it was a problem that even some people at the company could have seen coming. They 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 should have known that it was a problem at E3 when the the internet was blowing up saying like, "What is this? Is it a console? If it is a console, what does it even look like?" Like they didn't I, they they did such a bad job presenting it at E3 and and just nobody knew what it was exactly and they should have known from that moment. They should have said, "Okay, we need to do something about this," and they didn't. They didn't do anything. Uh, terrible um I, I don't know how that happened anyway that was way off topic uh <laughs> um they also announced i didn't see this either a uh western release for yakuza 5 i guess they're they're doing full voice acting for hmm. for english um which cool um great <laughs> not, not much to say about that um i've never played a yakuza game yeah, yeah. Uh, i haven't played it either so yeah so there's, there's gonna be an expansion for destiny which we already were told and you know it's destiny so who cares yeah. uh i wish i could be excited for it having actually dropped money on destiny and on the ps4 but it's just not it can't hold interest i think it's gonna time. be i'm pretty sure it's gonna be mars um and then it's gonna be ps4 exclusive for actually quite a while i think they said fall 2015 is when it would stop being ps4 exclusive and i think it's probably yeah. coming out pretty soon so that's crazy actually but um not oh not the whole expansion i'm sorry not the whole expansion just a strike from the expansion oh, okay, so okay that makes more sense um yeah actually now that i think about it like that's probably a really tiny thing isn't it um, yeah it's like a level basically yeah but uh i yeah whatever whatever it's destiny <laughs> um let's see okay drawn to death have you seen this no um oh god you need to watch this part of the this it's a bizarre part of the conference. It was it was near the end. Um, David Jaff, do you know who he is? Yeah, he comes out on stage and he just starts cursing up a storm. For F words, fucking fuck, fuck, fucking like uh, weird. It, it was 
nobody had cursed up to that point. And then he mentioned like, oh yeah, they said that I could curse if I wanted to. And it was just like, what do you, why are you doing <laughs> like, everyone was like laughing like nervously in the audience it was really weird um and he announces this game called um what did i say <laughs> drawn, to, drawn death. to death um it, and it is uh it's hard to say what that game is exactly i'm looking at some footage of it kind of sketch it's like a sketch yeah sketch he, he world. said it was um he said it was going to be like you're playing inside of a teenager's notes like doodles on their notes or something um which awesome idea but yeah but my god the way that he like it was just so I, that was part of what built up this whole idea of like it being more of a gamer show than the game awards part of it because like he just comes out there and it's the most gamer thing that i could possibly imagine and it's the guy who made twisted metal and god of war so what do you expect but still it was just like dude <laughs> tone it down it <laughs> and did. then like i think the game itself is going to have a lot of that too because like i saw in the footage like it was saying yeah, like, like fuck scribbled on yeah it. yeah like, it does look like a teenage like boy's that. notebook yeah um so if a teenage boy was like a incredibly good artist <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I feel like the whole fuck you and stuff like that will actually fit in that kind of game because it's a teenage boy's notebook but just coming from the guy presenting it was weird uh, i'll have to watch that like because i can just picture a whole bunch of people in a crowd being really yeah. uncomfortable listening to this <laughs> yeah. guy curses um, up a storm <laughs> it was it was interesting um and then um what uh, i don't know how to pronounce it what what watam 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 it's it's apparently the combination of two japanese i don't know kanji or something uh it's it's from the makers i think i think i'm not positive i think it's from the makers of katamari, katamari damacy and um i think it has some of the developers from journey in it oh for real I, th I think that's what i heard i i don't hold me to it um some of the developers from journey definitely worked on something and i think it was this um and they we know nothing about this game they, they they had this weird teaser where there was like a cube with a face on it whistling and trying on different hats and he had like a little um i don't know bomb on his head under the hat that was like fizzling down like it has a, its fuse was going off and and then he walks out the door and it explodes and like the whole world explodes or something i it, I know strange. nothing about that game. I, I just watched it right now while you were talking, and yeah. I have no idea what to make of it at all. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, there's nothing to say about it because who knows what that is. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I put this all in the same section because there's not a lot to talk about, but they had a ton of indie games announced, a lot of which already exist on the PC but are or are going to come out on the PC, and now they've been announced for PS4. And haven't been announced for Xbox. Um, some of the more notable ones: Bastion, Gang Beasts. Which have you heard of Gang Beasts? Nope. Holy shit! Gang Beasts is awesome. Uh, you have to look up some footage of Gang Beasts. It's like a physics-based wrestling game where the characters are entirely physics-based, and like you have to try to like grab the other characters and like throw them in a pit or beat them senseless and 
it it just looks hilarious like it, it, by its own nature of it being physics based and everything it, it it looks so funny it's like sumatory dreams if you ever played that like I've it's seen kind Micah of games those video but yeah <laughs> it's kind of that style of just like really silly looking physics based fighting um i, I love it um it's really it cool it's coming to the ps4 too uh shovel knight banner saga and more um which like a lot of those are coming out for the Vita, and and a lot of them for the PS4. They're they're push they were pushing the Vita really hard, which I was surprised. I thought that they would kind of, I don't know, give up on it. <laughs> I think they have the ammunition to double down on it now that the PS4 they, is so successful because they work together really well. You can use yeah. your Vita as basically a Wii U gamepad for the PS4, which is amazing. And you know, it maybe isn't worth the price of a whole Vita just for that. And there really aren't the exclusives to warrant buying a Vita on its own, but it's a really yeah. cool idea. If you're someone who hasn't bought or isn't aware of like indie games on the computer and like uh, these being on the Vita could be a good way to, to, to get some sales in. They still need exclusive games though. Like, I don't know if they announced yeah. any exclusive Vita games. It's um, basically the exclusives on the Vita are basically all weeb shit and tearaway. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, they did announce a tearaway, like uh sequel, I guess. I've played tearaway in like stores, like uh demo units and every one I've used the back panel is broken it doesn't work <laughs> and so that's really kind of making me hesitant to buy one Not i haven't that I heard of that being all, a problem though but none of them worked all of them were broken huh i wonder why anyway um yeah I, I, like i said i think sony's doing all the right things their their vita has never been popular the 3ds is such an obviously better handheld with so many more games on it which um, is it's Technically say, inferior in every yeah, way, I say better. but it's still I just the mean, best thing to own by it's far. It's a better buy. It's a better buy, yeah. It's Absolutely. not a better handheld at all. The Vita's way better. Dual joysticks, it, it's shaped better. It makes more sense. It's just, <laughs> it's better in every way, but but I would definitely buy a 3DS over a Vita even now. Um, anyway, uh they're they're doing the best they can, and I think it, the you do you don't have like you're not having to spend a ton of money to port indie games to the Vita, so I think it's yeah. a good investment for them to make. Um, okay, the next thing that I've got on this list, it was it was pretty hilarious watching this as someone who has never ever played a Final Fantasy game or been interested in a Final Fantasy game. Uh, <laughs> I, they I were hyping up. They were hyping this up. They said at the at the end of the conference. We're going to have this huge thing. That, or they, I don't know if they said it was huge, but they said Square Enix is here and they're being very secretive and, and they were hyping it up and everyone was really excited and everyone was, there were rumors flying. Who knows what, what, what's, what Square Enix is going to come out with? They come out on stage. The, the logo for Final Fantasy VII appears on the, on the thing and the crowd just fucking goes wild. I mean, they're, they're crazy. It's Final Fantasy VII. Holy shit, they're going to remake it. It's going to be awesome. They start showing footage of it, and it's not even like they haven't even widened the the ratio of it. It is the original game and its original aspect ratio and its original resolution, um, and original terrible frame rate <laughs> being ported. I think to the PS4, it it, it looked terrible and. <laughs> And just like it was such a disappointing, and I think it's already out on Steam. So like, it's not like if you want it now, you can't get it. It's already <laughs> on like every platform. <laughs> it's on PS3. It's on I think Vita already, and definitely I, on PSP. I was reading comments where people were convinced that Sony was like, 
what purposely pulling like a kojima thing like 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 tricking people but i don't know i I think they just didn't realize what they were doing like the kind of hype that they were i don't know that it was (laughs) so disappointing and hilarious to me Rocco I, I was listening to the Mega 64 podcast um, earlier today a little bit and he said and it was a good point that Final Fantasy 7 is like one of the few classic games that are considered cla- a classic by like everybody that looks like an eyesore on every platform there's no way it looks good on anything right now it looks fucking terrible something like chrono trigger or any 2d game holds up today because 2d works now and you know you don't need hd drawings but like the early era 3d stuff looked terrible those are the things that actually need remasters and final fantasy 7 oh my god do you do you want money if you want money do that because people will buy the shit out of it yeah you should watch the video of them announcing it because uh oh shit i just just clicked the trailer the playstation experience trailer for final fantasy 7 the dislikes are incredible (laughs) it's so funny the um so you can see that they've, they've got it in this tiny little box (laughs) <laughs> and they're like trying to show like oh look how action-packed it is and like the frame rate's really low and, the, and even in the tiny box you can tell that the resolution's terrible and it just oh it looks That's awful funny. um and the, the but the bizarre thing was that the audience kept cheering for it like as if Maybe i think they thought it was like, i think they um, thought i think yeah. they thought that, that it was they were in the process of announcing a remake but then they just didn't because like that's the only reason they would ever cheer. Because like why else would you fucking cheer? There's no reason. Like, a port, a port that already exists on other. Like oh god, um, but somehow that wasn't the most terrible part of the uh, part of the Sony experience, the PlayStation experience. They, I think they ended the conference with this, or it was near the end. Um, they showed gameplay, actual gameplay, not quick time events, of the Order 1886. Uh, have you had a chance to look at any of it? Yeah, it doesn't look good. It looks terrible, uh, as a matter of fact, I would say. <laughs> I agree. It, it looks like a not fun, cramped, hard to control Gears of War. Uh, and I mean, it really looks like Gears of War, like chest high cover and the way that the aiming system works. And your fucking character says shit like reloading and rebel down every fucking time you do anything. Like, holy shit, it looked bad. Like, I, I was blown away. Like, I was actually, like, sitting there like, this looks like a game that came out in 2008. Like, not not visually, but just, like, gameplay-wise, like, that was the thing in 2008. And, and now they're coming out with it now, and they haven't improved on it in any way from what it looks like. And to make matters worse, what reviewers have said, it's playable on the on the floor, apparently. And what reviewers have been saying is that it seems like they've they've cherry picked out all of the action parts where you're actually shooting and stuff, and that they think that the majority of the game might just be quick time events and stuff. What? That's so weird. <laughs> I'm looking at this right now. It looks honestly terrible. It looks and really bad it, and not fun at all. Wow. I was never excited for it. So it's not like I'm disappointed, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't either. Like having no expectations at all and still being disappointed. Yeah, um, I, I, I thought I pulled out a quote uh, from the guy introducing it, who is apparently like head of software development or something at Sony, Scott Rohde. He, uh, he was introducing the game, and 
just the sentence he uses to describe the game. First of all, it well okay. It, it just I'll just say it. Um, that that development team has been working hard to deliver a rich cinematic experience like no other, set in the team's unique vision of Victoria era London. Buzzword, which, buzzword, 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 and then unique vision of Victoria era London. What Bog is unique? Standard steampunk. What is fucking unique about yeah? airships and and steampunk and like oh it's 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 i've never that's never appealed to me at all uh steampunk like i i don't get it it's one of the worst settings it's yeah. it's so boring it's um I, f- I forget where i heard this i definitely didn't make it up but somebody mentioned this in some context and i can never think about steampunk the same way again is that in a steampunk world everything would be really wet <laughs> all the time <laughs> yeah and now now you can never think about it seriously again because everything it's, would be soaking wet i feel like the thing is like the thing about steampunk is like those early era machinery that did run on steam and everything that's that's really interesting stuff and you could design like a really cool world based around it but i from what i've like i've never seen interesting steampunk it's always just like Let's add pipes and shit Blimps, to this, and gears, it'll be interesting. Pipes and goggles. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a way to make it interesting, and nobody's done it or bothered to try. They just do their stupid goggles and shit, and and just adding pipes to it doesn't make it interesting. Like, make it look like an actual machine that works. But anyway, um, yeah, that that looks terrible. And and, uh, and you know, I can't so, believe people are still seriously using the phrase "cinematic experience" at the I end know. of 2014. Like, how does that not set up red flags of people saying wait a minute everyone like mocks that 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 phrase cinematic experience like that's what people mock call of duty for uh, well call of duty doesn't even call it that in i don't think call of duty anymore. calls it that but i think you would be able to describe yeah. its single players that well right they used to for sure but and it's still an accurate description but even they like wised up that they probably should avoid that phrase because people have caught on to that phrase ages ago <laughs> Yeah, and rich. What 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 are you talking about? Rich world, textured world, rich, rich, <laughs> robust, robust experience, cinematic <laughs> experience. Uh, the the um during the game awards, they'd have videos that introduced the games and kind of described them. And I I I think it was set up. Well, it was definitely done by the game awards, not like the marketing team of the games or whatever. But it was basically just every single one was just buzzwords, and like the Dragon Age one was the worst. It was just like play as any gender. I remember. Yeah, Bioware's uh, robust open world RPG is bursting into the next generation with beautiful graphics and and it was just like holy shit, dude! What like who wrote that? And you're not even marketing it. You're just describing it. Like you don't have to use words like that. It it, it sounds ridiculous. Um, but whatever. Um. So, <sighs> is there any other news? Um. No. I well, other than we already talked about it, but Denuvo being cracked is probably the only thing that we hadn't already written down. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh. Uh. The crew came out ubisoft's the racing game open world racing uh it was broken for at least <laughs> i think the first 
I don't know, several hours of its release, it was broken where like people couldn't play it at all. And apparently it's bad. Apparently people don't like it. It's not, not fun. So Ubisoft digging deeper yep. and deeper. Yep. I mean, it, it makes sense. They already had schedules. It's not like they can undo yeah. it now, but it's still, that doesn't matter. The actual fact doesn't matter. It's that they messed up once and then again and then again within such a short period of time. Yeah. And then like, uh, the, the, um, the crew also had a they didn't actually okay they 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 released a press i should have again this is another thing i should i should start remembering to like pull this stuff up but i i didn't know i was going to talk about this they they had a press release where they were basically saying yeah we know everyone's angry at, at us about the the uh review embargoes but we're not doing that with the crew we just haven't sent out any earlier copies at all <laughs> like is oh. not a satisfying <laughs> answer <laughs> Um, and I don't know. There was other funny stuff about that that weird press release they had, but I don't remember it. Um, that doesn't make any sense. It, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, People are upset with us for concealing what our games are like beforehand. Um, let's just do it again, except this time worse. Yeah, and once again, they used the excuse of well. We need. Uh, this was what they focused on, actually. That the excuse of well, reviewers can't get an accurate um, experience if they're not online with thousands of other players, which is not true. Because I think in the crew, I think you connect to a server of like eight players, so it's not like you need the entire community. It's not an MMO, you know. It's it, you're connecting pull, to servers. They're really pulling the Destiny excuse. Yep. It was still kind of shaky with Destiny because oh, it was still basically limited server and, size. And when but you send it out early access, ex- like, at least it's arguable for them. Yeah, when you when you send it out for the early reviews, it, usually you have servers already set up where the reviewers are playing with each other. You know, anyone with access to the game before release can can play it online. So if it's not an MMO, there's no reason to say, "Oh, you're not getting the full experience," because you're just connecting to you know four other players it's not a <laughs> god it's it, it doesn't apply to any of ubisoft's games um oh and another thing uh, the giant bomb cast um jeff gersman i i listen to it every week and jeff gersman's gotten really frustrated about it's something that i i got frustrated about back when far cry 3 was released was ubisoft's tendency to make all of their games play the same way like um you unlock towers that reveal thing reveal things on, nearby on the map, and it's basically like they started with Assassin's Creed, and they've made every every single fucking Ubisoft game has done it. And the only game that they've released where you would think there's no way they can make this like Assassin's Creed, which is the crew, they also do it in that game. They you drive to like a satellite dish, and it reveals the area on the map, which like Ubisoft just fucking. What are you doing? Like, why? Why does it have to be that way? I I don't get yeah. it. They're they're not looking too good. Yep. Um. All right. I I guess we're done with news. Um. Yeah. Um. We got two questions that are kind of substantial and multi-part, and then we got one that's a little shorter. So we're at like a minute forty-five now. What would you like to do? I kind of um, like to read. I don't know. I kind of feel bad for delaying questions. Well, should we talk about what we might do next week? Um, what? 
what we'll you had, we do next week. <laughs> you had the idea of doing the Google Hangout. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, we should definitely say that right now. Um, so we are, we've always kind of planned to eventually start streaming the podcast live as we record them. And so next week, we're going to try something out. So we're going to do what's called a Hangout on Air, which is like a native YouTube thing. And we'll also announce it through the various platforms like Twitter and, you know, whatever. And people can click and they can watch us do the podcast live. And you can put your questions right in there live so we can kind of interact a little bit or at least, you know, talk about things that people are interested in talking about live as it happens. And then we can kind of have a more substantial, more interactive Q&A at the end. Or not Q&A, you know, just questions. Yeah. Um, yeah Could be so, fun. So how do you want to handle the questions we've got this week? I think I think we should go ahead and do the questions this week if we're going to do the live thing next week. Um, because we'll, we'll probably get more questions doing the live thing, so we won't be able to get to these. Right, right. We'll just keep it concise then. So from Selikov, um Best game of the year, worst game of the year, sleeper slash dark horse of the year, i.e. game you had your expectations blown on, good or bad. I'll just run those down for me. As far as I can tell, Transistor for best game of the year for me, worst game of the year, I don't really know. Sleeper, dark horse, um, I don't I don't know. But the opposite of that was Dark Souls 2 because I had my expectations high for that. It was kind of let down. How about yeah. you? Um god that's that's hard I, I i haven't played that many video games like i always feel weird saying best and worst and stuff because it's always what i've played and usually i haven't played the majority of the games that have come out i i like to go back and play old games like metal gear has been most of the my most of the games that i've played this year have been metal gear games which none of which have come out this year so if that counts if, if it counts depends on like whether i'm talking about this year's games or all time if it was all time metal gear by far best of, of that i've played this year um but uh i don't know i it's been so mediocre I, yeah shadow of mordor i had some fun with i i just looked at it on my steam this um today actually just uh, i i've played eight hours and then i put it down and never picked it up again I, i'll probably mm. play it i'll probably finish it but like it's that kind of game where it's like i got eight hours through and i was like yeah whatever and then i never played it again um right. and uh I mean, other than like, let's see, Binding of Isaac. I, I, I it's just Maybe. the remake that came out, isn't it? I don't think Binding yeah, of Isaac itself remake, came out this year. So a new expansion. There's a lot of new stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I found out my answers to the other two: Sleeper, Dark Horse, Tales from the Borderlands, worst game. I can't believe I didn't remember this. This is maybe because I blocked it out of my memory because it's true traumatic. But uh, Lords of the Fallen, hands down, no question, worst game of the year. Hmm. Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I wish I played Transistor before. I, I think Transistor might. I, I have high hopes for that. Uh, as far as Dark Horse goes, that's a really hard one. Um, I want to say actually, I haven't played very much of it, honestly. But a game that I really like, and I would call it a Dark Horse because I feel like nobody even knows of its existence. Uh, uh, Lethal League. I'm just looking through my Steam list right now. Lethal League is a fighting game where you you knock a ball at each other with bats. And uh, the ball gets faster and faster every time you knock it, and you try to hit the other person with the ball. And it is—it's just such a unique concept, and the style of it's fantastic. It's got a really good soundtrack. I would call it soundtrack of the year for the games I've played. Hmm. Um, It's—it's really cool. Uh, It's a small game, like tiny, actually. Like there's like 
six characters, I think. I think it got updated. It got updated recently, and that's part of the reason it's fresh in my mind because um, they added a character. But it's got like six characters and six levels, I think. Um, but you can play it online with up to like three other people, and it's it's worth checking out if you like. I don't know. Not even if you like fighting games, because I don't generally enjoy fighting games. But it, it's it's so unique. Um, if it goes on sale this Christmas, you should pick it up because it's it's pretty cool. So I would call that my dark horse. And and best and worst, I don't even. Everything was just mediocre. Everything was just in between. That's that's my answer. All right. Next questions come from Toby. Uh, I guess I probably shouldn't read last names on, stream, yeah, on the show. Whatever. So Toby. Um, what are your most anticipated games for next year? What do you think is the most underexplored genre type or setting in games? And then favorite films of all time. I'll just real quick. Um, anticipated game, Metal Gear Solid, definitely. Underexplored genre type. I don't know. I'll come back on that. And favorite films, Groundhog Day, off the top mm. of my head. There are other great ones. Interesting, so interesting one choice. That I like right now. Yeah. Um... Most anticipated, I I can definitely say Metal Gear. Although, oh god, I feel like there's many more actually that that are Bloodborne just in the back of my mind. So yeah, fucking Bloodborne, of course. Yeah, I, I feel like next year might actually be a good game, good year for games. We'll see. Uh, oh, the next Battlefront. I mean, I don't know anything about it, and if it's just Battlefield with Star Wars stuff, then I'm not all that interested. But just the fact that another Battlefront is finally actually coming out is exciting to me. So for sure, I would put that on there. Um, uh, what is it? Is it unexplored genre for yeah, yeah, like yeah. personally or in general? Um, what do you think is the most underexplored genre slash type okay. slash setting in games? Oh man. Okay, I would actually put genre and setting under different categories. As far as genre, jeez, um, I would say um, like RTS. No, I would say uh, this is personal. Like. I, <laughs> This is probably personal. I I do think this is an unexplored genre, but I don't feel like it it appeals to a lot of people. But uh, anything where you're flying in, in in like a plane or helicopter, or spaceship hmm. or anything like that, like flying sims, space sims. Um, I mean, obviously you've got Star Citizen coming out, which I I don't know. We've we've been over that. Right. Um, but like, I, I feel like whenever games incorporate flying, it's it's kind of a it's something that they just kind of. Uh, gloss over a little bit like obviously like with multiplayer games like with battlefield games you don't want to make flying a helicopter too hard because mm. nobody will be able to fly it and they'll just crash right when they take off but i like it when games make it hard to fly i like having to learn and that's that 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 feeling has been rejuvenated with arma 3's helicopter update that i've been messing around with and i'm actually gonna buy a uh, a joystick for it a, like a 30 40 joystick just to be able to play it properly um mm. but uh and setting that's oh let's go back to you and then i'll and then we can go back to me for the setting um for i would say victorian and not like shitty steampunk make-believe fake victorian i mean like actual victorian uh you don't see much that happens in victorian settings generally so that's i'm really excited for bloodborne for that reason Victorian has never appealed to me ever. I've always it's always been like my least favorite setting, and I actually didn't mention um gross Victorian. Yeah, well, I know what you mean. That's what I'm getting to because I I I actually haven't seen the 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 footage shown this weekend was the first Bloodborne footage I've seen. I've been purposefully avoiding it. Yeah. Um. 
yeah. <laughs> so I was really, I was really uh, reserved about its setting. And then after seeing the footage, I was thinking, holy shit, they've, they've done Victorian right. Like they've actually made it fucking scary looking, not stupid. <laughs> um, top so, hats. Mate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do have top hats, but it, it, I don't know. I they they I, I can trust them first of all with a setting because holy shit, Dark Souls has an amazing setting, uh, and I I don't expect Bloodborne to live up to that, but I I do think they'll do a really good job with it. Um, it's, as, it as far as my underexplored setting, I would say, God, I, I I don't know if I would call it underexplored, but I would call it under. Well, I would call it underexplored, but it's done a lot. I just feel like there's not enough variety, um, which is uh, just cyberpunk. Um, mm. I, I you like Transistor for that reason. Yeah, yeah. I, I like um, dark, not necessarily dystopian, but dark, futuristic stuff. Um, I like the Blade Runner kind of feel, and 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 there are a lot of games that attempt it, and I just I I haven't found a lot that actually like succeed. I feel so. All right. And oh, a movie. Wait, one more for the genre. Um, the genre that I've always said is unexplored. <laughs> uh, before Assassin's Creed 4 came out, it was always, I mean, not that Assassin's Creed 4 did this particularly great, but fucking people need to make more games about fucking sailing a ship around and blowing each other up with cannons. Like, that is perfect video game material. And, and it, it is definitely underexplored um yeah i agree god that that needs to be done really well i want multiplayer games where each team has a ship one ship and they have to like get on the cannons man the cannons and someone has to steer the ship around like that ah that'd be fun um anyway yeah next question okay um this comes from get you uh First, a note for Skippy. If you did not already check the Battlefield 1942 mod you were thinking of was probably Desert Combat. Desert Combat, yep, that's it. Three somewhat related questions. Please feel free to address all, some, or none of them. Prompted by the port of the PS3 game Valkyria Chronicles to PC and how it has been regarded as an example of a good transition from console to PC, one, what quantifies a good port, two, what games, if any, would you want to see available for PC? Um, and I didn't catch that first question at all. It's what quantifies a good port. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, that was the preface and that was the question. So, yeah, it, for it to be a good port, it has to support every resolution. It has to at least support 60 frames per second. It's even better if it supports higher frame rates. And it has to run well. Consoles are weaker than PCs. If it doesn't run as least as good as it runs on consoles, then it's a bad port. Yeah, that's all I'd ask for. Like, it just needs to be competent. It needs to be it needs to do the minimum required for for it being a PC game, which so many ports don't do that. If it dev- if it doesn't feel like a port, then it's done its job. Yeah. Um, um, what was the other question? Uh, it was something about what games if any would you want to see available on pc that aren't i guess this isn't counting like exclusives because obviously those will never come Mm. Uh, i mean gta i would have said gta 5 before but definitely that would have been my first oh well red dead 
Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption. For sure. Okay, 100%. Yeah. That would be my number one by far. Like, Me I too. loved that game. I want to replay it. I don't want to pull out my Xbox to replay it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I want to play it online with people. And I only got to do that, like, twice, maybe. Yeah. Like, with, with actual friends. Yeah. For sure. And then the last question is, we are aware of Brew's opinion on Evangelion, but what are both of your thoughts on anime slash Japanese games in general? Uh, it's mm. good, and Japanese games are usually <laughs> good. Uh I, I could actually go on at length about this, but uh, let's see. Okay, I'll start with Japanese games because I don't play a lot of them. The Metal Gear Solid series is one of the first Japanese games that I've really gotten into. Um, I find that usually Japanese games appeal to a different audience than than I fit into. Like a lot of them are turn based and stuff, and I, I that stuff usually doesn't appeal to me very much. And I don't know. I I just I usually I look at Japanese games and I don't think they're they look bad. I just feel like I, they're not my kind of thing. But I also you, said that about Metal Gear Solid. So you have like a weird kind of perspective because you didn't grow up really on Nintendo games at all. No, not at all. I I for sure did. So I'm in a totally different boat there. Yeah. Um. I mean, Nintendo. You know, like Mario games. Like I said, I I I played them. I just never got super into them i was never a huge fan i, I enjoyed them but whatever they uh, seem, japanese games in general seem to have a a, a a sensibility to them an aesthetic sensibility that's more in line with what i'm looking for in a game they're yeah. very much gameplay first in basically every circumstance and they still have some good stories but in general it seems like they're more about mechanics than narrative and I've already I've made the point before that you can't actually separate the two in evaluating, you know, a game. But if you're striving for mechanics first as your primary design principle, then you're probably more likely to arrive at success than if you have, you know, tr- striving for the next great American novel slash interactive fiction in a game because those stories are way rarer than satisfying mechanics. Yeah, and um. I- I have a weird perspective too because of just what I generally want from a game is I think different from what most people want from games. Um, as far as gameplay goes, like I want multiplayer games to be gameplay first by far, number one. Uh, especially if they're competitive, I want them to just be totally like they, I, like Counter Strike. Like it plays so well, like it controls so well. Um, that's what I really like about it. But uh, as far as like single player games, I usually emphasize, I don't want to say I emphasize story or atmosphere or setting or whatever, or presentation above gameplay because I don't, if it's boring to play, I right. usually don't play it. But I I really, really appreciate games that just put you in the world. Um, like I said, that was my favorite thing about Dark Souls was just being in that world. Uh, totally. But I, if, if Dark Souls wasn't, incredibly fun if it wasn't one of the the most fun games i've ever played honestly like the combat system's fantastic then i i wouldn't have appreciated that world nearly as much i wouldn't have i wouldn't have gotten through it probably yeah definitely Um, and that that's basically what the point of that video i made a while back was yeah yeah, you can't you know you can't separate you can't say oh gameplay is better than story that's what you should that's the thing that no that's the more common opinion that you'll find on like v or something you know like oh games aren't about story well they are but they're equally as much about their mechanics like that's the way you 
experience the story. And so and, the stronger and, that is, the stronger the package is. And when I think back at my favorite gaming moments and stuff, I usually think of games, parts in games where there's something about the atmosphere or the world, or I'm just really drawn in, like where I feel like it's, I, I don't know. It, it feels it's like the buzzwordy, moments when but everything comes together. Yeah. It's, you know, um, it, it, spoilers for dark souls, I guess. But when you look up at the sky in the Ash Lake and you just see this massive, sprawl of trees endless into the distance and then the choir starts up and you're left in this stark landscape of sand and their yeah. hydra around and or arriving at Anor Londo after oh, hours God. and hours and hours of being in the dismal <laughs> areas yeah I, it's when it all it's when it comes together those are the parts that you remember yeah and 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 like DayZ like DayZ was a game that that I enjoyed because playing it for some reason actually felt it, it it drew me in like i i i played it with some friends one time and we were being hunted by people and i i i got really into it um more into it than i usually get it with with video games and it, it just like you said sometimes just everything comes together just perfectly and and that's what i remember and and so it's never just about gameplay but we've gotten way off topic um <laughs> the the question addressed not only that but also what are your opinions on um, like just anime in general, which I think uh, uh, here's the, so the stuff that we get, the stuff that people even bother to put subtitles on is usually the cream of the crop. Generally <laughs> yeah, stuff probably. that people bother to import has passed a vetting process that people in the country cared enough about it to share it. And that it's a, you know, the stuff that we get is usually the, the, higher quality stuff but even then a lot of it's just trash and i'm not interested in 99 percent of it there's just you know I, if i hear something's good from any country i'm gonna try to check it out yeah i i um i don't know i i have mixed feelings i guess uh well first of all anime people like to act as if it's a genre but it's not it's just a it's just a different medium, medium yeah. you know uh but it 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 does have certain things where like almost every single anime has like, for example, a moment where the, if the main character is a guy, he falls over <laughs> onto a girl character or something like that. And like, or there's the always types and yeah, tropes or, or are so there's, there's always a cute character and there's all like, why, why does that <laughs> stuff need to be like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And it draws me out of it every time. And even my favorite animes, I love cowboy bebop. But the fucking Ed character, not that it's a bad character, but like it's an anime character mm -hmm. that doesn't need to be there. And 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 then Evangelion has the penguin. Why does the penguin need to be there? Why does it need I, to be there? I like, I like that. <laughs> and, well, because what a lot of that happens in Eva is commentary on those kinds of things. So I think it kind of works there. Like when Shinji falls over onto Rei. And then her reaction is nothing, and that right. tells you so much about the character. Well, that, and it's a play off like a, of a it's a play off of a typical scenario that happens. Yeah, that all was the a time. subversion. Yeah, yeah. Um, like it's he was more smart about those things, and Pen Pen is kind of ridiculous, and he's basically just a pet. And <laughs> I, there, I don't know. there, there was maybe one moment where Pen Pen actually uh, had anything to do with the themes or plot, which was like. I think there was a moment where they were worried about whether he would live or die. And that was like, I think that was like 
and I don't want to get into spoilers, but there there was some moment where like it was kind of like Pinpin was used as like okay, this is one of the only people or not people, but I guess characters <laughs> uh, in the in the show where they didn't have anything to do with what was going on, but they might be affected by it. Um, but, well, but like, uh, that was so minimal. Like there was also a scene and maybe I'm not remembering exactly right, but it was something like this. It's like the characters are kind of all withdrawing into themselves and it's some of the darkest moments. And then pen pen, usually this comic relief fucking penguin as a pet is just completely somber too. And yeah. it's, it's just this, complete oppressive atmosphere that even the comic relief character is just yeah. dead and like, like, inside. like uh, cowboy bebop actually has the same thing with with ed and the dog um what's his name uh, anyway Ein, yeah um there's like a pretty sad moment where they decide to leave the the ship and like it wouldn't be sad if it weren't that for those song. characters mm. never being in a in a serious situation, you know? And yeah, that song. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that fucking soundtrack. Jesus. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I like anime based on its individual. Like I, I would, I'm, I would never say I like the genre or don't like the genre because it isn't a genre, but yep. I like um, the good stuff. I don't like the bad stuff. And and I think there's a lot of really good stuff that is bogged down by, like I said, that a lot of the, things that come with it being an anime or the things that come with it being Japanese, which just feel unnecessary. Mm. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's easy to ignore those things, but it's not easy for like, like I never want to recommend, like there's a lot of animes that, that I never want to recommend to people just because like, I know, I know they wouldn't be able to get past that stuff. And it's like, yeah, like if you can get past that stuff, you're really going to enjoy this, but you have to get past it. Sorry. Uh, which it sucks that that has like I can recommend the Sopranos to someone because there's nothing you have to get past with Sopranos. It's just a good show, but I I don't know. Right. So those are our questions this week. Looks like we're getting ready to wrap it up. Anything else yep. on your mind? Not really. Um, we went a little over, but that was expected with all the shit that happened this yeah, weekend. Was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't. I can't imagine what E3 week is going to be like. <laughs> yeah. Um we need to we need to talk about doing something for our own like, I don't know. I don't know if it'll be like a game of game awards, but like <laughs> year in review kind of thing. I think that could be fun to do something like that. Yeah, Maybe a video that or something. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We haven't talked about it yet, so All right. So, thanks for tuning in, folks. Tuning in on your radio sets for the yeah, Fireside Chat. Don't touch that dial. Don't Actually, you can now because we're, we're leaving, so you can go somewhere. <laughs> Bye. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, you can check us out on uh, – you can subscribe to us via RSS, which makes it easy to see when new episodes are posted. You can send your questions to questions at pushtoshot.net, and we'll see them. And you can also check in next week for the live show, which will be cool. And you can yeah, be there. hopefully. So thanks, guys. That's it. Bye-bye.